Hello and welcome to episode two of Draft Offsides. I'm here with Tico and Enzo. My name is Keith. Um, Be- before we get started, did you guys know Pookie came to the MLS? No. What? I did How did you not know that, Tico? I thought you were his number one fan. I found that right now. For those who don't know, Timo Pukki is a relatively unknown Finnish striker who played for Norwich City in the 2019-2020 season that Tico drafted him like really late and he went on to be really good that year and so he kind of became Tico's like spirit animal slash talisman and a running joke amongst our friends. Where, what team is, does he play currently in the MLS? Minnesota. He's played three games. He's scored a goal, obviously. Uh... <laughs> Tico, are you going to start taking all your vacations in Minnesota now? You know what? I think I'm gonna go when they play LAFC. I'm gonna go. Oh, by the way, uh, I don't, I don't know if you guys care or not, but yesterday I was at the Continental uh, and Barcelona staying there. You were at the like, a lot of like people with the like the polo crest, and then outside there was a bunch of fans waiting for autographs. Uh, what are you doing at the Continental? Uh, we went to drinks. We went to uh, after work. We had a meeting. We went to bowling as the team, and then after some of us went to drinking. <laughs> <laughs> drinking parking was 52 dollars fuck me not that the one live nation it was like four, <laughs> it was for like maybe three and a half four hours i feel like valet would have been cheaper yeah i think valet might have been cheaper yeah one, one second i gotta tell the missus one second let me tell the missus michelle barcelona is at the continental I know, but they're at the Continental, just an FYI. She's excited. You were going to tell her about Timu Puki. I'm not going to tell her about Timu Puki. She doesn't care about Timu Puki. Oh, did you hear that? Whoa. Whoa. Those are fine words. She loves Tico. I can tell. She said she she loves her. Uh, tell her I said I love Madrid. No, I'm not trying to ruin my day. We, so we I don't want Enzo to get his laptop taken away. I know, it's not even my laptop. That's what I mean. Her laptop <laughs> taken away. All right, so um, let's just hop right into it. We're gonna go over some transfer news and rumors, things that are going on. Um, the first bit of news isn't super premulated, but I feel like kind of need to talk about it. Lionel Messi, after a high-profile move to Inter-Miami, Messi made his debut and scored in fairytale fashion, hitting a free kick and salvage time to win the game. Tico, you have some thoughts on that? Honestly, it is insanity how everyone is, like, posting all over social media, talking, oh, my God, Messi, this God, he made this goal. Yeah, against the team, Cruz Azul. Sounds like a freaking failed tequila brand name. <laughs> like, they're, they're, they're big in Mexico. You just don't know them. <laughs> That's like a whatever. big Mexican it's, team. Mexican league, yeah. He scored a goal, whatever. They were up 1-0. Messi comes in the game and 1-1. And after Messi comes in the game, it's a 1-1. One one. He's playing against whatever team. Freaking, even when the goalie lined up, I told my friend, I'm like, watch. It's going to go on the top left. The goalie's lined up wrong. What happens? Goes to the top left. And everyone goes crazy. Messi runs around, whatever. Scored a free kick. When Cristiano Ronaldo went to the uh, Saudi Arabia League, everyone's oh, this guy sucks. He's washed. He can't play anywhere else. He won at 37. Messi's 35. When was the last time he played a meaningful uh, a league game? 
unbelievable. I just hate this messy fandom. I hate it. I hate it. Yes, he's an amazing player, but we get it. Just a freaking free kick goal. Right outside the box. Why are you crying so much? Yeah, he's wearing a pink jersey. He's in the MLS. He's got, you know, he's increased their followers by 4 million for Inter Miami. He's one of the best players in the world ever. What did one you of the most endorse. Look, 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 look. I let you talk, you let me talk. All right, I let you go on your little rant because you're a little Ronaldo lover. Yeah, Ronaldo went to Saudi Arabia. Is it much better than the MLS? I don't think so. It's the same thing, except the MLS is a little bit more established. Yeah, he came on late and then he brought him back. But if he didn't do anything, we'd be talking a completely different story right now. Yeah, he scored a free kick. And I do agree with you. When I saw the wall and I saw the goalkeeper, I was like, that's easy. But how many players can do that? How many players would have hit the wall? But Messi didn't. Messi put in the top corner because Messi's Messi. So we got to give some credit where, where credit's due. He saw the weakness and he scored. And it's going to be great for the MLS and they need it. Is it going to do wonders for the MLS? No, because they need more players that in their prime coming to this league. But is that going to happen anytime soon? I don't think so. They need to develop their young players, their youth, and maybe bring a few young players like Jude Bellingham's brother or something, bring them down to the MLS to try and improve it. But Messi's scoring that goal. You can't hate it, man. You can't. If Ronaldo came and do the same thing, Ibrahimovic did the same thing, Beckham did the same thing. It's expected. My take is that it was a very like amazing first game. Like it's and it was a little bit of happenstance. I'm curious to see what happens in the next ten games. You know, like if if he's so dominant in the next ten games, like oh wow. If he if it ends up being like he has to work a little harder than we thought, I think that's a very real possibility too. Like he doesn't have the personnel around him. It's not going to be this like. Amazing fairy tale for the next two years. Tico, last words, and we're moving on. This is like not what we. I really don't do not care that much. Yeah, it's an amazing debut fairy tale. All of that, I get that. It's just I just don't like the way the media covers like the greatest thing that's ever happened. No one has had a better debut. And oh my god, it's messy. Uh, whatever. I you know, I'm gonna get a whole year like a couple of years. Let's move on. I get it. Okay. <laughs> next on the news, um, PSG announced that Mbappe is not traveling with the team for the preseason training. Um, the he they're want, trying to force a move from him. You know, I think I think all expectations are he was planning to go to Madrid. I don't know what happens now. Just in the like just as like a thought experiment, like even though it's not likely, what clubs from the Prem would make sense for Mbappe? Arsenal. No, he's a tier and refrain. He's even mentioned that before. I'd fucking hate that. But Arsenal, I don't think he'd fit into that Man City team, even though that'd be nuts with Erling Haaland, but where would he fit? Um, but those two teams are the only two teams I see him going to, unless Newcastle does something ridiculous and pulls out their wallet and offers them something big, because then that would be crazy also. Because he'd obviously be the star there. He wouldn't have to share the limelight with anybody. Is he doing another Neymar when Neymar left Barcelona? Does he want to be the number one man and be the only man? I don't know. Um it's very surprising. I, honestly, Real Madrid, they'll hold out till next year. They're fine right now. They'll hold, they'll hold out. And PSG looks like they're being stubborn. They're making them sub. They're, they're making them train with uh, all the players they've, they've put into the back line. They're not even training with the B team. They're just training on their own. So I think it's a little bit, bit disrespectful by PSG. They think they're uh, up here on this pedestal where really they're down here in the Farmers League. So they need to check themselves, do something quick, or they're not going to get anything for them. Uh, yeah, the the way they're treating him, it's kind of. Uh, I think it's going to be no salvaging the relationship. You can't have him just go train with the players that are on their way out. It's you're talking about top two, top three player in the world. 
uh, World Cup winner, you know, uh, m- multiple goals. Uh, who's all the, the top, sorry, Tigo, who's number one? Top two, top three. Who's, who's the number one player? Yeah. Uh, I personally like Haaland better. Okay. I've been a Haaland guy, so I'm a Haaland person. Uh, but once Mbappe starts wearing that white jersey for Real Madrid, I might change my mind. But I've said it always. Uh, I prefer Erling Haaland. I like uh, his style better, his game, physicality. So, I honestly, if I'm going to throw a plot twist for you, Enzo. What if they sell Harry Kane, Tottenham, and they put another you know, $80 million on there, and they put an offer for uh, Mbappe? It's never going to happen, is it? I'm I'm pretty sure uh, Tom Holland tried to ask Mbappe to come to Tottenham, and the first thing that Mbappe said was, "No, no, 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 no." What's Tottenham? I don't think he's going to go anywhere without Champions League, right? So, I think that limits it. I think I mean if he if he was a if he was a different type of player, City would be very interesting. But I think he's too much of like the ego. I'm like I am the guy, and I don't know how much that I think that clashes with Pep. I think the Arsenal move would be fascinating, but I also don't think he's super interested. I think this is going to end in some weird like loan to Saudi Arabia for a year, then go to Real Madrid, something like that. I kind of read I read that this morning. That's a possibility. I read that too. That and they said they're going to shatter Neymar's fear record. So whatever the amount is going to be, if they throw it for you know eight hundred million for one year, who knows. Or five hundred million real estate for one year. I mean, he might he might go out for Saudi Arabia for a year as well if the money is outrageous. I wouldn't shock me. All right, let's move on though. Harry Kane, watch. Is there? We'll go to our resident Tottenham fan, Enzo. Have you heard anything? Is there like, any movement? It's, it's said that the the agents, his dad and his brother, have already basically agreed terms with Bayern Munich, and they're just waiting on Levy. And we know how Levy is. He's a pain in the ass. Um, he's a businessman first and foremost. He's not a, f- a, f- a football chairman. He's a businessman. So until he gets an offer that he likes, which is 100, 120, um, he's not going to push. Um, but will that hurt us next season? Will Kane not put in his all? Um, he is a professional, but would you want to get injured before getting that free move? You know what I mean? Did you see that photo of Harry Kane's brother working from home in a full three-piece suit? What a loser! <laughs> what is wrong? Like, what a what a nerd! You know what I mean? Uh, I that, that like gave me zero confidence in his negotiating and his whole his whole team. The the question really is: Does Kane care about the Premiership accolade of beating Shearer's goal scoring record? Is that enough for his legacy, or does he really want trophies? Because at the moment. He's been to so many finals with Tottenham and in England. I think he just wants some silverware. So going to Bayern Munich, which in my opinion will be a big mistake on his part, not not saying he should stay with Tottenham, but he should stay in the Premiership. I think there's other teams in the Premiership that would take him who are top teams that will win League Cup, FA Cups, and even the league. Why do you think it would be a mistake going to uh, Bayern Munich? He's just going to go to Bayern Munich where, you know, help them win, what, their, their 50th flicking title, wherever it might be. Um He's gonna. They haven't gone far in the Champions League. So if he's even looking for Champions League, he's trying to get to that status. Can he make even Lewandowski couldn't get him there? And Lewandowski's, you know, a Ballon d'Or top three right there. Um, I don't think he'd win. A, don't get me wrong. He's gonna win. 
He's going to win at Bayern Munich, but is it worth it in the end? Bayern Munich won the treble, uh, what was it, three, four years ago. The following year, Lewandowski was injured when they lost, and they're missing a striker to play in the Champions League. And you mentioned the Premier League all-time goal-scoring record. He could go to play Bayern for two years, come back, and still break that record and come back with some trophies. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of torn. I, I see both sides of that. I think, um, I think regardless of it, as this goes on longer and longer, um, I am moving Kane down my rankings. So I, you know, when this was kind of just like a rumor in the wind, he was like top one, maybe two. Now I'm thinking I'm picking three or four players before him just because it's so risky. And like, they would just absolutely suck to draft him, not only in the first round, but like in the first five picks and then have him leave before the season or leave in January. I'm like, I'm cooling on him in general as this goes on. He's too great of a player not to have any trophies. He deserves to go to a team that could recognize him. He could achieve his greatness. Let's move on. Anthony Alonga from Manchester United is Nottingham Forest. Is that an interesting uh, transfer for you guys? Didn't they already have a goal scorer last season? They did pretty well for him. Um... Uh, Johnson, Gibbs White. They had, a, they had those are kind of their two. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I think it's I'm kind of torn. I think he's a good talent, and I think, but I don't think he's going to be getting the service he was getting when he was at United. And I think it's it's not that it's easy to it's easier to score goals on a good team than it is on a bad team, and it doesn't just it doesn't translate. It's not one to one. So, it's someone maybe you you stash on your bench, see how he does late rounds. Yeah, it could be a steal in a later round. Because he's going to get opportunities. Obviously, he's going to get probably he's going to get definitely get more starts depending on how his form is. But it all depends on how he fits in on that team. Yeah, I think every person who drafts they have a couple of rounds where they want to take. You know what? I'm happy with the players that drafted. Let me take some uh, players that could surprise be surprisingly well, and I would put him along those in that category. So, yeah. agree. Okay, and then the last little bit of news is. Rumors of Douglas Louise to Arsenal. Um, he was he, well, he was at Villa. He's kind of like a, he's actually one of the few like deep lying midfielders that is interesting. Just he has such good job distribution. He's technically really good. I think he takes a lot of their free kicks and corners and stuff for for Villa. So it was, he was he was interesting at Arsenal. I don't know. I don't know. I think he could be a he could be a very interesting like late round pick bench player that ends up. Scoring a really good amount of points, take the take Zaka, Zaka's role, you know, like that type of type of player, which I think would have value for a fantasy team. What do you guys think? I I just don't think how much time he's going to be um, on the pitch. Um, obviously, you pay Rice that much money, he's going to play with the, with the Arsenal. I think it's similar with Ch- Chelsea. They have a lot of in the midfield, a lot of players. So once until they get the rotation down, you know who's going to get the minutes. You know who's not get the minutes so it's a player that probably should get drafted and just hold on to it see if it's worth it or not uh, and if you you them or not but it, again it's just one of those things where where is he going to fit in and how many minutes is he gonna play um, a game yeah it's just it's Arteta being mini pep like he's trying to build a team with depth he's he now knows he's in Champions League so he knows he's gonna have a lot of games playing you know what I mean they're gonna be pushing for the League Cup, FA Cup, League, Champions League. So now they're going to the Cup to deal with this season. So adding the extra debt is very important. Um, but is he going to be 
uh, every game star. And you mentioned free kicks. Um, I don't think, see him taking them over Odengard, um, honestly. So he's he's not going to be doing that that much. He might come on for Odengard and take over the role as a sub, but starting, he won't take that. He won't get those points. Yeah, you guys are probably right. Probably being a little too um, optimistic. And sorry, one last bit of news. I just realized uh, Harvey Barnes, Newcastle, leaving Leicester City. Um, that's rumored. It sounds like it's going to happen. Enzo, you're nodding your head. What do you it's think? Great, it's great business, man. Newcastle, I'm not going to lie. They've done some great freaking business over the last couple of years. Like, don't get me wrong. When they first got bought out, they were fighting for fighting for uh, survival in the premiership. But since then, they've just thrived. Like The players they've developed that they've had. Um, honestly, we, I used to think that Maximum was their best player, but he ain't. he's just another fancy footballer from France. Um but the players they have for, like um, the centre back, uh, what's his name? Begins with a B. Um, Botten. Botman? Botman. Great buy. Isaac Steele. Who, who, who would have just seen Isaac playing at Newcastle? Um, Barnes on that left, doing some creativity. It's a, it's a great buy for, for a good freaking price. So they're, they're one of those teams that has money, but they're not just fucking throwing dollar bills at it. They're, they're actually building a team. So good buy. Tico, any thoughts? Great buy. Um, just to what I said before, anytime uh, a player goes from the same league, stays within the same league, Premier League to Premier League, is going to face the same co- competition. That team, like you said, it's they're not just throwing money at random players just to get big names. They'll just they get players that fit, that go well with each other, play well with each other. So this is a player, uh, and it's I also like drafting players that uh, from teams that I enjoy watching. So if Barnes is there. I, I think he'll definitely uh, bring value to uh, a fantasy value to, uh, to to the team. I agree. I think as a goal scoring winger, I think that's something that Newcastle could really use. You know, not just like this creative playmaker because Barnes scores goals and he scores goals from out wide and cutting in. And um, I think that's he's exciting. I think same with Madison, where I'm excited to see what he can do on a top four, top five, top six team, as opposed to a relegation team. You know, and I think that that's the next level he needs. Needs, and he could be a England player for years to come if he really kind of turns it up and steps up that notch. You know, goes up one level. Okay, let's move on to the next segment. It's called Love Hate. Uh, we're just going to talk about two players, just kind of random, just that we really like and we like them for maybe where they're going in the draft. We like them for their potential. We just, you know, we can kind of talk about why we like them. And then two players that we think are either overhyped or we just really don't feel confident in. And so let's go one, one, one. So we'll start with, we'll start with Enzo. Enzo, what's, what's one player that you like are absolutely love and are really excited about? There's only, play, only Tottenham players that I love. So Shimin's son, I think is going to go pretty low in the draft. He's not going to go top 10 like he did last season. I don't think. I think he'll he'll drop down to the second round at least, and I think that's a great steal. Um, I know top two is still high up, but he had a bad start to last season. Great finish. Um, I watched a friendly that Tottenham played. I know it was just a friendly, but watching the star, I know we lost, but if you watch the style of play that Angie's playing, it looks more more fun to watch, more creative, more attacking. So that's going to open up more for, for Sun. And with the additions that we've made in the midfield, um, that's going to take off some pressure of him coming in deep because we saw him coming deep a lot trying to defend, um, even with that back five. So we were just putting up the putting the bus up and it wasn't working. So I think Sun this season, he's going to be underrated and he's going to score 
at least 15 goals. You hear it first. Yeah, I think it's hard to argue that he's not going to be better than last year. I think that's, um, I think, I totally agree with you. Again, I think the uncertainty is, what, but we've talked about it a few times, just the new coach and the uncertainty of where he plays and where he fits. But, I, you know, you have a little more insight. You're watching the preseason games. Um, I'd definitely be interested if he's there mid-second round or something. I, I think it would be a no-brainer. Snap him up. Tico, what do you think? Do you have a, who's, who's a player you're loving? Uh, a player I love is Gabriel Martinelli. Um, I, I've been a fan of his. Uh, don't give me that face, Enzo. I'm a fan of his. He plays on the left, and I think last uh, last season when Jesus went down, he stepped it up. Uh, he he reminds me a lot of uh, Vinicius Jr., where he does everything well. Once he gets inside the box, it's kind of his decision making. He shoots at the goalie. Um, he doesn't really. His finishing is not there, and gonna get better with that. And I am. A, I've been. I am a big uh, Gabriel Martinelli fan. I think this year he's gonna um, put up more goals. He's gonna. Average over 10 points per game. He was right at the cusp last year. It was, I think, like 9.5, 9.6. So I think Martinelli will crack ten, uh, at least 10 points per uh, average over 10 points per fantasy start. How how the hell did you compare him to Vinicius? Martinelli runs with his head down. That's the reason he can't score. And that's the reason why he's got no good, good uh, contributions into the box. Because he kicks that ball 10 yards, 20 yards ahead of him and thinks he can run around every single player. In the premature, that's not going to happen. I think he's a good player if he fixes that and he puts his head up. Um, but comparing him to Vinicius, shame on you as a Real Madrid fan. Shame on you. Did you see Vinicius play uh, the first year at Real Madrid? I might have watched a couple games. There we go. Once he got in the box, then he just was looking at the ball, looking at the goalie, looking at who's, who to pass, and he just couldn't decide what option to, uh, to make. Yeah, I actually think Martinelli's a good point. I think something interesting is when you look at, you know, um, you guys, are you guys done glaring at each other? <laughs> can, I, can I talk now? <laughs> um, I think I, it's a good point. I think the with when you look at Martinelli and you look at Saka, the median points per start, so like the median average, they're both at around 13. So not points per game. It's like points where they points per when they started a game and played it. And so they're in that sense, they're very similar. Like there wasn't there wasn't as huge of a difference between them points wise as you might think. And I think it's partially because Saka started more games. But um, but yeah, I think I think if he takes and you know he continues to grow. I think he, I, you could see him easily slotting into the top ten players this season, and you know, getting him mid second mid second round and being a top ten player. That's you'd love that. You you, you love that risk. Um, for me, my pick for my first one is Morgan Gibbs White on on Nottingham Forest. Um, normally, I try and stay away from players like that, which are players not on teams not in the top six that have had a good season. Normally I'm like, Oh, I'd rather not risk it. I'd rather be safe. But when I look at Morgan Gibbs white, I look at a player that he's a midfielder, but he really plays more in a forward position for Forrest. He played more in a forward position for uh, England at the U21 euros. He was literally like playing striker for them, the U21 euros. And I think that he is just like everything good that Forrest did last year went through him. And, you know, he had a couple like amazing highlight plays for them. I think he's just like, a really good player. I think he's going to continue to grow. Um, probably the most consistent performer. Um, I, you know, I picked him and then I started looking at other people's draft rankings and realized that he was actually, he's actually going in like the, 
late second, early third, which I think is like actually a little crazy. I, but I also think that a lot of people are going to overlook him in drafts because they're not going to the name the name recognition isn't there. There's other people around him that might go first. So if he drops into like the late third, early fourth, oh my god, I think that's like an amazing pickup. He scored over 400 points last season. His split between like before before the World Cup and after, he was he was scoring like almost 11 points per start after the World Cup. And I think that's just phenomenal. And I think he's exciting and one to watch for Premier League and for England. Completely agree. Um, I think he was a great player, great pickup for Forrest uh, last season. He freaking was outstanding. He just got better with every game. And then watching him in the England under-21s with, you know, the three Lions right here, they did really, really well. Um, he was very, very much on the pitch, very much about being on the ball, um, distributing left and right. You know, he, I think he scored, what, two goals? Two goals in the in the tournament. He did really well. Um, but, yeah, if he goes to third or fourth round, I think you're right, Keith. Completely right. He doesn't have the name. Because he doesn't have the name, he's going to drop lower. And, unfortunately, if you don't watch the premiership, you won't know these little gems out there. And he'll drop low if he does. I don't think he'll drop low in our league. I think a lot of us do watch the Prem, but you need to watch the Prem to know who to pick up. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Enzo, your second love for the season. I'm going back to Isaac. Um, I think he was, what, injured? Like maybe a third of the season last season. I I watched him. uh, He's been playing only for a few years, but he's amazing. Uh, When he gets in that box, he's like a... He's like a... What's his name? I hate it. I hate to compare him to a French player. Um, he used to play up front. Trezeguet. For me, he plays like a Trezeguet. Um, great in the air, good with his feet, can create. He's unself. He's not selfish. Distributable, ball, can score goals. I think with this Newcastle team, especially with the additions they're adding, um, and him getting used to having one season of Prem, second season, he's going to knock it out of the park, man. He should go high. Yeah. I think he's exciting. I think he's really exciting. I think especially with Newcastle, just on the ascendancy. My one question with him is, do him and Wilson play together? And is, if so, does he play out wide? Or do they play as a two? Like, I'm curious to see with him and Wilson. Like, the thing with Wilson is that he gets injured a lot, and then Isaac can slot into that nine. But, like, when the game's that they're both healthy, where does he play, and how does that affect him fantasy point-wise? I think he starts over Wilson. Don't get me wrong, I like Wilson. Um been in the premiership for years, played for several clubs. Um, but with Isaac, with the money they pay for him, he starts over him. And with Barnes, and they still have Maximum, they haven't sold him yet. Um, they'll start those two over over Wilson. Wilson come off as a sub. Tico, who do you have for your second love? I have Reese James. I'm bullish on him. I think he's going to have a very good year. Um, he's going to have a bounce back, if he, especially if he stays healthy, which is a big if. But I'm a uh, I'm a fan of Rich James. I like his game. I like what he does for him. Just uh, and going up and down, obviously the uh, the right side. And I actually was I know there was talk uh, Keith as a Chelsea fan of them selling him to Real Madrid, and I was really excited for it. Unfortunately, it didn't go through. But I love Rich James. Uh, I'm not sure what his average draft position is, but I feel like he's going to be top, maybe top five defender probably. Uh, so that's a player I would love to get, especially if he drops. Yeah, I think he's probably the only other defender other than Trent and Trippier that could challenge for that number one spot in the in the Premier League for defenders. I think he, if he stays healthy, he has the potential to be the best, highest scoring, best defender in the league. I think with him, it's just health. It's just about staying fit for a whole year, which he hasn't done for two years now. So it's a little concerning. But when he's on the pitch, it's like, it's so noticeable just how 
dominant he is and how important he is to the team. So that's a good one. Um, my next one, I actually have two. I have kind of like, you know, I have like the hipster pick in me, which is like the, I have one that's like a little more obscure and then I have like a very basic, you know, top 20 pick. So what do you guys, what do you guys, would you, who would you rather hear me talk about? I, I want the hipster pick. I want the hipster pick. All right, let's go. Jao Pedro, Brighton. We've talked about him a little bit in the transfer last season. I, I'm really excited for him because I think he did really well at Watford. He reminds me of kind of Mitrovic where you're just finding a gem from that goes later in the draft that people are just uncertain of. And when you look at Jao Pedro, he's young. He's going to a Brighton side that's incredibly good. It's, he's their tra- uh, record transfer signing. So you know he's going to get playing time. I think there's no way that he gets like kind of pushed off to the side in favor of other players, you know, in favor of like Pascal Gross or something like that. I think he's going to be starting in a high position. I think his only real competition is like Dan- Danny Welbeck, which I, again, I don't, I'm not super concerned about. So I think he's, I just think he's going to be very good. I think he scores goals in several different ways. I think he can come off the left if he wants. I think he can also play as a number nine. Um, I just think that Brighton team is going to be good. And I agree with kind of what Enzo said in the past that they have lost a lot of players, but Brighton has lost a lot of players for several years now. And they always find really good replacements. And I think this is a really good replacement. I think where he's going in like the, I don't even know, like sixth, seventh, eighth round. I think that's that could be like a freaking lottery pick. Like that could just like that could win you a league. Getting a guy like that, yeah, he's going in like the sixth or the seventh. Like that could win you a league if he's ends up being a four hundred plus point player, or you know, a three hundred plus point player, and you get him there. I think it's just like an awesome pickup. Yeah, I spoke about it before with Brian, um, and I'll speak about it a little bit later on also. But I think they've lost too much. Um, and they haven't done enough to replace unless they got something in their youth team that's going to come up that we don't know about or there's a lot of transfer window left they still got time to replace the trossards um they're probably going to lose Sacedo. um i don't see him standing by i know he just signed a new contract but if the right price comes along brian's that team that will take that price uh, i'm just worried about brian them being another like i said before another leicester um peaking and then just dropping and selling all their players and then throwing money at it, trying to buy players like Tillemans and things like that, I don't think it's going to work. Yeah. I mean, it's a risk. I mean, I think that's why it's going in the six. I don't think it's like a nailed on, going to be a sure thing, but I think it's an exciting, interesting risk. All right, let's go to players that we hate. Enzo, who's someone that you hate? Don't like Gross this season. I know he had a great season last season, but just like I said before, Brian... They've lost a lot of players, a lot of creativity. He's not going to have the same chances he had last season. Um, he, he's going to go. I've, I've got a feeling when people start looking at statistics, he's going to go quite high in, in the in the draft. But I'm going to stay far, far away from him. I don't think he's going to do the same. Yeah, I agree. I, I actually was pretty off on last year. I remember he had a really good start to the season. He, I like first two games or first game he scored or scored two goals, and I was like looking at stats from every year before that, and I was thinking this is like seems unsustainable. And then, you know, he had like kind of an, an, an anomaly year last year. I think he was playing higher up the pitch than he normally does. I think um, with McAllister leaving, Casado maybe leaving, and then the arrival of players like Joe Pedro, he's not going to be playing as high up the pitch as he was. So I think he's going to be playing in more of a, like a true midfield role. And I think he's not going to have the same numbers. I totally, I think that's a really good, really good hate. Tico, what do you got? Uh, so mine is something we, 
touch bases on earlier today. It's Harry Kane. Um, I would hate to draft him because I do believe he's a, he will be a Bayern player, uh, Sorianzo. But like you said, if you draft someone on the top three, four, and they're not, they they might not be on the team. I would just not draft them. To me, I would it would be a hard pass for me. So that's a player I would hate to draft. I have a question for you, Tika. Where would you draft him? So let me go through the list. Uh, for so for the players. So I would say players I would tra- draft before him. Obviously, Haaland, KDB, um, Fernandez, Mosala, Odegaard. I would take all of those before him. Uh, Saka, Saka, Trippier. Really? So you're going all the way down. For you, he's going in the in the second round or the end of the first. And, and the first, yeah. And then, then I'm just gonna draft him to trade him uh, to Enzo for you know a couple of good players. God, I don't even think if if we're smart about it, and I don't, I don't know, we got some. There's actually a couple of Tottenham fans in this draft. If we're smart, we don't draft him in the first round or the second round, just because of I, I'm really close to the rumors. I check them every day. Um, I'm right there with Tico. I hate to say it, but it looks as if. He's going to go, and even if he doesn't go, I don't. I still don't think that's going to be good for Tom. He's still going to perform, but is he going to go all out like he has done? I don't think so. You don't want to get injured. He'll probably wait for January, and then that Bayern Munich will lowball the hell out of Levy, and he won't take it, and he'll go for free at the end of the season. But I agree, Tico. I don't think he's – the only thing I disagree with is that he's going to go at the end of the first. I think late second even because there's so many players in the premiership that you're guaranteed to get those points. Harry Kane's with the transfer window going what a week, week and a half into the season, you have no clue what's going to happen. So, we'll, we'll, only time will tell. Man, I I think like logically what you guys are saying makes so much sense, but that that like the greed and the temptation of being like, imagine picking up like Mohamed Salah as a third pick and then coming to like the end of the second and like Harry Kane's still there. Like obviously you're going to take him, but even like I think if I'm like the tenth pick and I get someone like Marcus Rashford or Odegaard, I'm gonna be like, fu- like, fuck yeah, I'll take Kane. Like, uh, it could be a disaster, but like, I could that also could win me the league right there. Like, you know, so I think it's like a risk reward thing, and I, I don't know, I, I, if he goes that far, if he's in the second round, I think I take him no matter what. Just like I think the risk is worth it in the second round for the, you know, the number one player last season who's gonna probably be if he plays, it's gonna almost guaranteed to be a barring injury to be a top five, top even top three player. So I think that's I think it's honestly a very tricky situation. So I think it's when because it is a snake draft, if you're you know top three, you're not gonna get another pick until 17, 18, 19. So that's a risk because you're essentially gonna be one top seven, eight player a chance to draft it. But if since it's a snake draft and you're you know nine, ten, you could kind of go back to back like you know, we're getting one shirting player, top ten player, and then I, I'm willing to take a gamble on Harry Kane. Uh, whereas if you're top three, it's more difficult to take that gamble. I, I agree. I think that's the right way to look at it. All right, moving on to mine. Um, I picked Pedro Poro from Tottenham as my hate. Really good crosser of the ball. I think he was brought in to play wingback by Conte. I don't think Ange Postacoglu is going to play a wingback system. And I think Poro, when he played in the back four last season, got absolutely demolished by a few different teams. I remember there was a Newcastle game in particular that they just collapsed and he got worked down that side. I don't think he wants to defend. I think in a back four, you need to defend. Um, I, you know, I'm not sure if Ange is going to try and fit him into that role and maybe he learns, but I just think that where he's going in drafts right now, like in the third round, like the third, fourth round, like to me, 
that's like that's going to be the first defender on your team. You're going to want to build around. You're going to want your build of your back four around that defender. And if you're going to pick one in the third or fourth round, and I don't think Poro is the type of guy you want to build around. You know, I think that's just too much risk. I don't know if he's. I don't think he's nailed on to start every game. So I think that he, where he's going in drafts, I think there's a lot of like a lack of awareness about just positionally what he's capable of and positionally what Tottenham are going to do. Completely agree. Um, I wasn't his biggest fan last season. Um, he cannot defend. Does not like to run back. He's going to concede goals. He's going to leave. And you know. It's Tottenham, man. We what well, we had the scored a lot of goals, but we let in a lot of goals, and that's not what you want from a defender. Yeah, he created a lot, and he was great when he was moving up up the final third of the pitch. But his job is to defend, in my opinion, and he just doesn't know. And in the Premiership, how fast it is, high pressure, it's tough, and I don't think he's um, adapted yet. He might adapt this season. We don't know. We don't know what Angie's going to do. But yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah, I think for this one, it's it's all about where he's going in the draft. So I think where he's going to me is just that's just a big red flag. Uh, let's move on to uh, Enzo. Your your second hate hate number two. Who you got? Uh, second hate was uh, oh sorry, Keith. It was Nkunku. Um, there's all this hype around him, and he's he's in my opinion, I've watched him play. He's exciting, but. Does it translate to the Premiership? And and I know I'm a big I'm a big supporter of the Premiership, and I'm a big supporter of bringing in outside talent to try and improve it. But we've seen it that most players that come to the Premiership, it's it's a tough transition that first year. Uh, he's going to get bullied by the centre backs. Doesn't matter if it's what team it is. Even Luton, those defenders, they're going to play dirty and they're going to knock into him, push him, budge him. Uh, the German league, I don't think he he's, he's even experienced that. So I don't think he's going to be that big um i might be in my words halfway through the season and you'll remind me of it i'm sure but i don't think so yeah and so i understand that i think where he's going in the third mid third you have to i mean it's it's definitely a little bit of a risky pick i think in the bundesliga it's such more of a transition league where they play so much more in transition and he does that really well you could see that against Wrexham. i think he struggled a little bit when they were he was playing up against a low block of course he was playing in the nine not the 10 where i think he will play but um, I yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I Chelsea's such an unknown. I think it's such a big risk to pick him as to be the guy on your team, one of the most important players, when you don't really know what Chelsea's going to do and what they're going to look like. So I think that's a super valid, uh, valid shout. I still think he's good, but I'm also I might have a little bit of a fandom colored lenses going on. I might it might just because I've been reading way too many Chelsea articles. But I, I totally understand that as a hate, especially with the hype surrounding him. Tico, uh, who do you have for your hate number two? So for my hate number two, I have Jack Grealish. I do think Grealish will overall have a good season, but I do think he will get off to a rocky start just because he's been partying the entire offseason. And I think he's going to be out of shape. He's going to be hungover from all the alcohol he's been drinking. So I do think overall Grealish will bounce back and have a better second half of the season. But I think for the beginning of the year, the way Grealish will start will be slow. And uh, for a team that is probably not doing well at someone that you probably would look to trade. So I would probably stay away from him unless it's at a draft position where it's a very good value. But besides that, Grealish is my hate number two. Yeah, when you look at Grealish too, it's like he um he had such a good second half of the season. And then so much of that was down to um Pep starting him every game. And so if he's not gonna get that like Pep start, that cosign from Pep to start every game, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I can see where that would make sense. You know, 
Enzo, do you have any thoughts on uh, Grealish being on Tico's hate list? I don't think he loses his spot. He did well last season. Um, I know Phil Foden is another one that um, I can't believe that he's not starting, but with all that talent, um, I think it's going to just be rotation again. Um, but I feel I still feel like Grealish is going to play games because he's he's that kind of player. He gets fouls. He gets a lot of fouls. That guy likes to fall, fall on the floor. I think that if Grealish is nailed in the way that Holland and De Bruyne are and like nailed in for for city is like 27 26 games i guess it's not even it's not even 30 plus you know but like it's still enough to get you enough points but if grealish is playing 25 plus it's good i think if his the risk with him is if he is he does come back out of shape or he does kind of have a dip in form he starts being benched Yeesh, that would suck to have that happen and have him be your you know second round pick until you get that all right, my second hate is um, another defender, actually. I thought that that would be good to have a few different defenders on there is uh, Andy Robertson. The way that they're, the way that Liverpool are playing now with Trent dropping into the midfield, it kind of forces Andy Robertson to stay back and almost play like a back three. And I think all his skill is running down the, running down the line, sending good balls in, being a nuisance in attack. And like he can get stuck in. He's a really good defender. But I just think that all his like kind of all the benefits of him in the last few years are are gone like go away when when this new system so unless if they don't if they're not going to implement a new system into the new year into the new season then i think he's going to be just like almost like played like a center back he's going to get like center back style points he's not going to but like without the fact that he's not six foot and can't win a ton of headers so i think that he is a little bit of a risky pick or like going to be an underwhelming pick even if he does go in the fifth sixth I still don't think he's going to be. I think he's almost going to be. You almost need to draft him like a center back, which is not ideal for a player like that, especially a player like it's someone you don't want to fall into the trap of name recognition, being like, "Oh, I know who that is. I've seen him cause havoc for Liverpool in the past." And know that, but I think now his role is different, and the formation is different. I don't think he's going to have the opportunity to do that as much. Yeah, I, I picked him second round. He didn't do well last season. I, I agree with you. I think the the whole formation is changing, is transforming. Uh, Klopp is going a different way because he understands he has a different team. I don't think he's going to do as much in this Liverpool team. He's not, like you say, he's not going to be able to run up, up and down that left hand side, putting in good balls. But again, Klopp changes all the time, and he's bringing in these players that can probably hold the middle. Um, so maybe they go back. Maybe Trent still moves up. Maybe moves in that central role, or maybe they rotate. We don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I don't think Andy Robertson's the best pick to pick early. All right, let's move on to the next segment, which I just called Risky Business. And it's a player that we think is just like really risky, but just the upside is might be worth it. Like there's there's a big chance he fails, but there's also a big chance that he could like win you a league. And so uh, Tico, who do you have? So for, for my risky, I have Reese James, who I think will have a bounce back here. I think Chelsea overall will do perform better as a team. Uh, and Reese James, whenever he is healthy, he's been producing high numbers for fantasy. I like him going up and down the the flank. Uh, obviously, he's gonna win you a lot of. Uh, uh, he's gonna have a lot of crosses. He's gonna win a lot of one on ones, and he's gonna have passes. So, I'm very high on Reese James. I do think he will have a bounce back here, and I'm bullish on him. Uh, I have him, and all across my leagues, I'm gonna try to aim to draft Reese James. I think he could be the number one defender in all of uh, fantasy. I think he has that potential. I think there's maybe only like two other players that have that potential. And so I think if he's, it's all about health. I think if he stays healthy, he's going to be one of the top defenders in the league. 
if he gets injured again, he's still going to score you points when he plays, but it's just, it's a risk. It's a big risk. Enzo, who do you have? Um, it's a similar situation to Kane. Uh, it's going to be Mitrovic. I think he had a great season last season, but he's another disgruntled forward that is trying to move to the rich country of Saudi Arabia. Um, he wants, he's upset with Fulham for turning down bids already. So picking him up is going to be the same thing for Kane. I think he, he's a solid striker that's going to get you goals. Um, is he going to be a top goal scorer? No, but he's going to, he's going to get you 12 plus, I feel. But with the way things are going, he wants his money. He wants to get his payday. So picking him up early is going to be, it's going to be risky to do that. Um, so he's my risky business. If you pick him up, it could be diamonds because he's going to score you 12 goals, but he could leave before the transfer window and he could leave in January. So you don't want to waste an early pick on Mitrovic. Yeah. And even if he stays, he seems like he's such an emotional guy and an emotional player like him an unhappy Mitrovic isn't, he's not like a professional. He's not like a Harry Kane in my mind where he's like a, like a consummate professional. He's, if he stays, he's just going to do his job and do it well. I think he could really cause a storm in the process. And even if he does stay, I think an unhappy Mitrovic is not a goal scoring Mitrovic. So I, I agree. I think that's a very dangerous one. Um, I kind of have a, I kind of doubled up. I think the, you know, right now in drafts, Soli March and Kairu Mitoma, both Brighton players are going 17, 18 in, in the draft. And I think, I don't think people are talking about how risky that is right now. I think we don't know what Brighton's going to look like. I think everyone's really high on them. They're really hyped. I think they're missing key midfielders. And if Casado goes too, that's just like a huge part of the team. And these other guys are not going to be as effective when they don't have midfield players to win them the ball back and pass on the ball and do all those things that Caicedo and that, um, you know, uh, McAllister did for them. So I think that that's concerning and it's kind of scary. And, you know, Soli March, like, you know, he's, he had a phenomenal season. He's got a lot of goals. He's like 28. He's not young. He's not like, I don't know, is Deserby going to get the most out of him again? I don't know. I think there's a lot of uncertainty. And I think that those teams that have a good year, that, that doesn't necessarily automatically mean they're going to have another good year. Now they're playing in Europe too. So they're going to be playing in the play Europa. So it's like, geez, I don't know. I don't have more games. I'm just a little concerned about those guys. But if they have the same season they did last year, well, holy shit. They are, I think they're going to be, I think especially Sully Marsh, if he, plays the way he did in the second half of last season all next year, he's going to be a top 10 player. And it's going to be like, it's going to be crazy. And it's going to be a really good story for a 28-year-old to be kind of brought from just being a very obscure, relatively, you know, unknown to people that aren't obsessed with the Premier League to all of a sudden being a superstar. So, yeah, I think those are the guys to me that are risky but could really pay off and could, and could win you a league if they perform like they are kind of being drafted to do i agree but it's going to be a lot, lot of ifs and buts there you know what i mean like it's again it's like you said if we pick them up later and they do what they do they're diamonds in the rough but are they going to do what they're going to do like you said they're going to put more emphasis probably on europe because you want to stay in europe that's where the money is so they want to go further but will they stay further will those games put, put a toll on those players on how they play because Playing Premiership and then playing in Europe is two different types of football, and it's not how it translates. And if you're playing all those extra games and you stay in the League Cup and you stay in the FA Cup, because you're going to put emphasis on those two, because those are the ones that, especially the League Cup and the FA Cup, anyone can win it, even though it's the same teams every year. But you can get far enough to get to the final and have a chance. Um, but Solly March, I said, you he had a great start. 
like sort of tailed off near the end, but he still had a great season. Is he going to do the same thing, like you said, with all those players going? And I'm, I'm thinking Sacedo goes, uh, maybe not even in the Premiership. You might go somewhere else in Europe. There's all these teams looking at him. I agree. I agree with you, Keith. If, if, if it goes like last year, great. But if it doesn't, which I don't think it's going to be, it's going to be uh, picks lost. All right, let's move on to like a little bit more of a fun section called Wild Predictions. Just our, just our hot take, just our craziest, like not really, we're not super accountable for these, but just something that we think might happen that is just absolutely out of the pale. Um, Enzo, I'm looking at yours now. You want to start? Yeah, all right. Arsenal fans, I'm sorry. You can hate me, but you're not going to come top four this season. You're not. I really don't think. That's my hot take. I don't think I don't think you're going to come top four. And this is the one time I'm going to say it's partly as a Tottenham fan. I don't want you to come top four. But with this team and your building, I think you're going to have a, a hangover from last season. You're going to be playing Champions League. You're going to be all hyped on that. Put everything on that first. Put your first team out for that. I don't think you're going to come top four. And the team to watch, in my opinion, is going to be Aston Villa. With the players they're picking up right now, not just – they got Pau Torres. Um, they just picked up, what, Yuri Tillemans in the midfield. They're just improving. They got a good winger too. Is it Diaby? Yep. So – Watch out for Aston Villa. They're taking over. They're, they're going to take the Premiership by storm this season, I feel. But I don't think they're going to come top four. But I don't think Arsenal's going to come top four. Tika, what do you got? So my wild prediction for this season is I think Arsenal will be king of the EPL. I have. I think they will win the title this year. I like their depth. I like the players they added. With um, with Rice coming on, I think it will open things up for Odegaard uh, a lot more. So I'm excited to see how that works out as well. Uh, with uh, They brought in Havertz, which adds more depth. And Gabriel Jesus, if he stays healthy, he was off to a great pace. I also like uh, Martinelli, Gabriel Mar- Martinelli on the left side. Excited to see if he takes the next step and he becomes more efficient this year. Uh, I expect to see probably more goals from him, more more crosses, and for fantasy wise, he's probably he goes one on one a lot, so a lot of dribbles. I do think he has a lot of uh, upside in fantasy, and I'm the attacking players all across Arsenal, so I'm high on them. I do think Arsenal will rebound from last year and win the EPL title this coming season. Is that that wild? I don't think that's that wild. Uh, that's fucking wild. Yeah, I mean they've definitely built. I think I think the the expectations are high and I think sometimes that can be a negative and I think that that might be a problem, but the expectations are high because they bought a lot of really good players and they think they should be there. I, I think my, and I don't know how wild this is. It's kind of more cheeky, but I just don't, I don't think city wins the league. I think Tico mentioned it. I don't think they, I don't think they win the league. I just don't, I don't see it. I think the players that I think winning a treble coming off a treble season, I think it's going to be hard to get everyone as dialed in as, as motivated to do it again. To jump right back on it and go from the start and start winning again. A, B. I think some of the players they lost are really important. I think that, I mean they lost their captain, Gundelin. They're going to potentially lose Kyle Walker. They could potentially lose Bernardo Silva. You know the the players they brought in to replace them aren't like for like. I think Kovacic is a very good player, but he's not a Gundelin. And I think like you know they still have a lot of really good attackers like Phil like Phil Foden, Jack Grealish. You know they lost Mares too, but they still have in there. They have that young guy Cole Palmer. I think is going to get a lot of playing time, but they, they're just like it's they're they lack the depth that they've had in previous seasons, and I think they lack just that. Like I, f- I just feel it in my bones. They're not uh, they're not winning this year. All right, I think that just about wraps it up for us for episode two. 
I'm with Tico and Enzo. My name is Keith, and thank you for listening to Draft Offsides. <laughs>